When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Babe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. Farmers like you told us that you need a John Deere skid loader that can handle big jobs, maneuver in small spaces, and is easy to operate. Enter the John Deere G-Series skid steers from Sloan Implement. Now you can zip in and out and around the farm buildings with confidence. And when you ask for a price that'll level the playing field, well, that's just what we did. Visit Sloan's.com or stop in and let us help with your Sloan deal. Power up with Sloan's. 5.05 on a Tuesday. It's September 17th, 2019. Welcome aboard to the Midwest Farm Report. Is Josh Scramlin filling in for Pam Yonke. Hope you're having a good morning so far. We've got a good blend of content for you all the way until 6 a.m. As always, we will be joined by Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck right around 5.20. We will be joined live via Skype by Commodity Specialist Bryce Knorr of Farm Futures Magazine and FarmFutures.com. That will happen closer to 6. In just a few moments, there is a story that I myself did that I am very, very proud of. It is about Trent Hilger, he is an All-American wrestler on the UW-Madison wrestling team, and turns out that he was a farm kid growing up. So I talked to him about how agriculture influenced his work ethic and how it's helped him in wrestling. Reba McClone has the latest on that sighting situation that we have going on with livestock here in the Badger State. And before we go any further, I want to throw this out here. You obviously know the fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke, but we want to meet all of the fabulous farm babies out there. So... Proud moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas, listen up because we will send you a free Farm Report baby bib completely free of charge thanks to our friends at Quick Trip. Then you snap a pic of your baby wearing that bib, email it to us, and we will post it on our website and social media. I know it gets a little confusing, so just to recap, you sign up on our website, we send you a free baby bib, and you send us back a pic of your fabulous farm baby. Again, thanks to Quick Trip for making that possible, and just a little incentive when we send you that package in the mail, you get a coupon for a free gallon of milk, and that is redeemable at any Quick Trip location. It's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome aboard, and that story on the Wisconsin Wrestler is straight ahead. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. I'm Jordana Brewster. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganello. I'm Matt Damon. And cancer has in some way touched all of us. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. 
You need corn hybrids with genetics and traits bred and tested in local conditions. I'm Shannon Latham. That's what you get from family-owned, proudly independent Latham High Tech Seeds. Numbers developed for your fields. New Star 4795 VT Double Pro Rib features great disease tolerance. Five-time first test winner 5245 VT Double Pro Rib is a Goss Boss. And 5739 Smart Stacks Rib is a widely adapted Gladiator Hybrid. Pick the best field-by-field at LathamSeeds.com or call 877-GO-LATHAM. They always say the more things you get kids involved in, the more successful they're going to be. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Reba, down there in the southern part of the state, uh, I understand you guys found a kid that's been involved in an awful lot of things and has been awfully successful in those things as well, huh? Yeah, that's right, Bob. This is Reba McClone here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And we had Josh go catch up with someone from his native homeland of Michigan. His name is Trent Hilger, and he is a UW student athlete here in wrestling, and he has been doing phenomenally. But he started out as a kid in agriculture showing through the 4-H. University of Wisconsin sports are back in full swing, and as a sports fan, this makes me very, very excited. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. The Badgers football team kicked off the season in late August against South Florida, and their season continues to roll along. College basketball might be closer than you think as that season starts on November 1st at the Kohl Center, and the Wisconsin wrestling team is gearing up for another exciting season. And did you know that one of the top wrestlers in not just the Big Ten, but the entire nation competes right here in Wisconsin for the Badgers? His his name is Trent Hilger. He weighs 285 pounds, and last season he became the 67th All-American wrestler in Wisconsin wrestling history. And did you know that he's a farm kid? Yeah, you probably didn't see that one coming. Trent and myself hail from the same small town of Holly, Michigan, and since we both have migrated to Wisconsin, I felt like it would be great to meet up and get his story. I'm 20 years old, going to be a junior, redshirt sophomore for my athletics. I guess just ever since I was younger, my dad's kind of like encouraged me to do all these different either sports or activities, like events like the 4-H fair. So I started out when I was younger doing all sorts of sports, wrestling, football, soccer, hockey, everything, everything under the sun. So he's been a big like pushing factor of all the things I've done ever since I've been little, including like this 4-H fair. We've always been big fans of animals, and he was like, hey, you know what, let's just try this. Let's just try it. We started out with chickens. Then eventually, as we got on getting older and older, we started, then did turkeys, and then the last few years we did rabbits too. So we always stayed smaller game because we had a little bit smaller house or smaller acreage. Mm-hmm. And so we, had, we built our own little shed together. So it's kind of like this huge project for the last 10 to 15 years. So it's always, he's always been a pushing factor of raising me through all these different events and these like sporting, uh, sporting events and all these different things. So he's been a huge help with all the things I've done in my life and why I'm here now. So I guess I'm going to try to connect the dots here because I want to talk about your wrestling career, then we're going to go back to farming. So when did you start wrestling, and can you maybe tell me about your youth career and then your high school career? Uh, when I started wrestling, I was about four or five years old. I started competing when I was six. I guess I've always started, I've always been on the better end of wrestling. I've never been, like, I guess all-American level until this year. But uh, when I, my first year, I won state, my first year. <laughs> Funny story, there's no one in my weight class, so that's my claim to fame. <laughs> And I won state my first year, but I didn't wrestle anybody. I was this huge kid. I was like 85 pounds at six. So there was just nobody that big. And then uh, I just, as I was going throughout the years, I always take like second or third in state. I was, I was average. I would go to a bunch of camps. My, like I said, my dad, both my parents supported me a ton. Uh, my dad would take me a bunch of camps, all these like summer tournaments that like helped me get better. 
And then finally in high school, I like I flipped the switch and I was three-time state champ in high school. I was the number one heavyweight in my class, ranked number three in a heavyweight in the country, like just overall, one of the top recruits in the country. And then here, uh, my redshirt year, it was it was up and down. It was a little different going from high school to college. And then uh, once I got like this is my first year competing of eligibility, I just like I said, I flipped another switch. I was able to get all American. So you were the 67th All-American in Wisconsin history. You did it as a freshman. What are some of the other accolades from your time at UW, and what is your rank heading into this season? So, yeah, that's that's insane stat. Like, just to think about it, it's like, wow, there's only been 67. I and mean, Wisconsin wrestling's been around forever. Yeah. And it's just weird that's like it's only been 67. But uh, I am currently ranked number three in the Big Ten. They've come out with the national rankings. That I'll probably be, like, around number five or something like that because uh, there's a few guys who graduated ahead of me. Hopefully moving up. Uh, I've had a really close match. Like the national champs returning, uh, I had a 3-0 match with him, so I've had a really close match with him. And then, yeah, national rankings should be coming out sometime soon. All right, now I'm going to rope it all back to agriculture because uh, we didn't really talk that much when we were at the fair. Uh, you went to Lake Fenton, I think. Okay, yeah, and I went to Holly High School, so we didn't really know each other. We knew of each other. But uh, now we're coincidentally both living in Madison. And I guess just tell me how your involvement in ag growing up made you have that work ethic that has helped you succeed in wrestling. Mm, like, like you know, you have to wake up early and take care of these animals, and you just have to constantly like, make sure you take care of them, and like, even like nutrition and everything. I mean, they're, they're like your kids. You're taking care of them all the time. You're watching over them all the time. And uh, I think that helps with, I mean, now I have to wake up at 5 every morning. And when I was with them, I have to wake up at 5 every morning, make sure they're fed, making sure their pens are clean, they're getting the right food. I have to go up to the store at 6 and go buy them food or buy the straw or whatever, whatever it was. And uh, so the work ethic of having to take care of these animals uh, really helped me, like, almost taking care of myself. Because it's like, oh, well, if I'm taking care of these animals so much, why am I not taking care of myself more? And uh, so it helps with, like, just the commitment of, well, I'm finishing something I started. Like, I started this at 8 years old, started the forage fair at 8 years old. I'm, I'm going until I'm 18 or 19, whatever it is. And I was like, I, I'm finishing what I started. So I just, every single, every single day we had them, I'd get up at 5.30, I'd go feed them, I'd go back to bed, wake up again at like 10, make sure they're like still like fed or they're doing well or whatever, clean their pen. And so like we had this like agenda, kind of like we do now with like wrestling and stuff, just making sure we're always on track, on, on pace. Like we would write down the weights from the previous years and make sure they're still on the same pace. And so it's just like, it's almost a science behind it. Kind of like, kind of like with this athletics, uh, like with my nutrition, I, I keep down my weight after practice every single day like make sure I'm losing like a little bit of weight or like gaining weight if I want to gain weight so it's just they go really hand in hand and like a lot of people wouldn't think that like raising chickens and turkeys would go hand in hand with athletics but like just the the nutrition and like just the commitment dedication that you have like to the to the animals just goes hand in hand with the commitment dedication and everything you have with the sports Obviously, you're continuing wrestling. you still got a couple more years of that. How much do you miss raising animals? Oh, I miss it a ton. Every single, every single around January, my parents are like, oh, you just got the turkeys. It's like, oh, it's like, oh here we go again. <laughs> I, just, I see them when they're little babies with pictures, and I get there. I'll be there around 4-H fair time, and they'll be 30 pounds. It's like I miss like the watching them just grow up. You kind of grow a bond with them. And so I miss it a ton. It was so much fun. Like just and just the bonds you make at like the fair and everything and just being able to like 
just connect with everybody because everyone does it's just different friendships like we're we've been around athletics our whole life too so we just have different like connections athletic connections obviously we're here with like ag connections and so it's just really tough to watch these animals grow but not be there for them because it's like i did that for 11 years yeah. and now i'm just now i'm here just from afar watching my brother do it and now he's done and so it's gonna be really weird just because my parents are still gonna be involved a little bit mm-hmm. it's gonna be weird watching them be involved but we're not involved so that's gonna be really tough it breaks my heart like i told you earlier my dad's gonna keep being the swine superintendent back in our hometown but i mean my brother finished up this year we all cried as well mm-hmm. even though you're done showing animals your ag career is not over tell me about your education here because you're continuing with ag education here in madison yeah so i'm an ag business major and i, I plan on getting like an ag finance like minor here mm-hmm. or certificate i think they call it so i want to be involved with like these farm situations and like just kind of like be a financial advisor for a lot of these farmers and like these large farm organizations or these like tractor supply company whatever so that's how I just want to stay connected. And I plan, I mean, I plan on having some sort of farm when I'm done, too, just, uh, just to keep in it because I'm going to miss I mean, I mean, I miss it already. So I know I'm going to miss it 10 years from now. And so that's why I chose ag business because I'm good with numbers. And so I like the business field. I like the finance field. And it's like, why not be with animals what I love? As we start to wrap up, and I know you got practice in a little bit, what is this season looking like? You guys have got a loaded Big Ten home schedule so it's probably one of the toughest big 10 schedules we have uh and probably in the history of wisconsin i mean we've had the returning national champs returning third place returning fifth place i mean big 10's just nuts in, in general i mean now the top 25 there'll be 12 of the 14 teams are in the top 25 and seven of them are top 10 so it's just ridiculous schedule as always but uh we got a few transfers we should be really good this year we got seth gross who's a national champ transfer uh took last year off so he should be a really good up, uh, upgrade uh then hopefully i'm i'm national champ this year <laughs> yes. so uh we have another kid evan wick who's a two-time all-american he should be a national champ this year so uh we have i mean all of us can all-american whole lineup can all-american we have a lot of really good wrestlers uh we are our, our training schedule we never really stopped we during the summer we'll have a month on two weeks off month on two weeks off of training five days a week a lot of us come in for extra work we should be we should be really good this year. It's it's gonna be an exciting year. Trent, thanks so much, man, and uh, I hope you get back to uh, having your own farm one day. Thank you, thank you. It's fun. I'd like to say good luck to Trent and the Wisconsin wrestling team this season, and also a personal good luck to Trent as he continues to pursue his degree in agriculture and work towards achieving his goals even after college. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, congratulations to the class of 2019, the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, sending some fantastic trained professionals to much of rural Wisconsin. That includes Kendra Hodge, an Appleton native that's going to stay in Wisconsin. She said her experiences at the UW School of Veterinary Medicine were wonderful, despite some cramped spaces. Demand for veterinarians is so high, so, you know, we're trying to meet that demand, but um, the facility is only so big. But the staff there and the um, professors and the clinicians are so wonderful. It was definitely, you felt supported the whole way along. Kendra Hodge, a brand new graduate of the School of Veterinary Medicine that will stay in Wisconsin. But that facility needs more space. They've got even a bigger incoming freshman class this fall. 
find out about their expansion plans, and how you can support them with a phone call, email, or letter. Get online. Animals need heroes to too.com. Putting the cheese on the crackers. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. 520 on a Tuesday. It's Josh Scramlin filling in for Pam Yonke. Good morning to you. I always say every single weekday right around 520, we are joined by ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, good morning. How are you? I'm doing just fine, Josh. How's it by you? It's going pretty good. Uh, it looks like it's dry and a little cooler out there right now. Is that what you're seeing uh, around the state? Well, not all that cool. I mean, temperatures are, believe it or not, well above normal, and there'll be more of that in store today. I mean, we had it yesterday. Being up into the 80s, most of us were at least 10 degrees above normal yesterday afternoon. We'll be back in that neighborhood again today. Low pressure has moved in out of the west. There's a low anchored around Montana, a warm front extending east from that low. Off north of North Dakota and Minnesota up into Canada, that's what's opened up the gate and allowed that really warm air to build in. Oh, some rain has developed out in west central and part, central parts of Minnesota now, heading near Little Falls. That development will head east and northeast, and if it does make its way to Wisconsin, I think it would be confined way off to the far northwest part of the state. So today, overall, is going to be another sunny, very warm summer day with that great mild air mass in store, but a weak front will try to edge on in, and the rain chance does begin to develop, first in western Wisconsin, spreading east as we head toward the end of the week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. 523 on a Tuesday. It's Josh Scramlin filling in for Pam Yonke, and I am joined live via Skype by ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, you were mentioning rain moving in as the week rolls on? As we head toward the end of the week, a rain chance does develop. Not that it's going to be a whole lot of rain, but a few scattered showers and the like. Should mention a dense fog advisory all along the Lake Michigan shore this morning. Not across the state like it was yesterday. And there may be a little fog in the south and east, but it'll clear out today. Morning clouds south and east, more sun in the west, and more sun all over statewide. Upper 80s lacrosse, mid-80s Boston, low 80s elsewhere. Southeast winds today about 5 to 10. Overnight, partly cloudy skies develop. We hold in the low and mid-60s, the warmest in western Wisconsin. Southeast and south winds about 5 to 10. Partly sunny on Wednesday, a slight rain chance in western Wisconsin, dry elsewhere, low to mid-80s, south winds at 5 to 15. 
10 by Thursday, mostly cloudy, and that chance of a scattered shower, thunderstorm. Afternoons in western Wisconsin, a slight chance elsewhere later in the day. Still in the low to mid-80s, south winds at 5. Rainfall-wise, Josh, even from Wednesday into Thursday and around toward Friday, a couple of tenths of an inch, so it's not going to flood us out. But along with the mild air, it still means real steamy, warm summer weather. All right, Stu, thank you so much. And you'll be talking with Pam Yonke tomorrow morning. All right, have a great day. All right, yes, you as well. That's ag meteorologist Stu Muck. He joins us live every single weekday right around 520, live via Skype. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help in identifying a bank robbery suspect. On September 10th at 10.49 a.m., Madison police officers responded to BMO Harris Bank at 1202 North Sherman Avenue reference a bank robbery. A criminal entered the bank demanding money. No weapon was seen and he subsequently fled with cash. The suspect is described as a black male in his 30s, approximately 5 foot 8, 250 pounds, dark complexion, pale spot on lip, wearing a dark baseball cap, black hoodie, and carrying a black backpack. Surveillance images of the robber can be viewed on Madison Area Crime Stoppers' Facebook page. If you have any information regarding the identity of this suspect or information regarding this bank robbery, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Wisconsin did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Are you ready to power your appliances and heat your home with clean, efficient FS Propane? 
work with Insight FS, a company that lives and works in the same community you do. They'll check your system to help make sure it's safe and efficient. Call them about their convenient contracting or budget billing programs. When it comes to the safety and comfort of your family, you can trust Insight FS. Visit InsightFS.com to schedule an appointment today. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years in 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 Years of Hindsight for 80 Minutes of Your Time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. This is John Hayes of Goodman's Jewelers. We pride ourselves on being Madison's finest jewelry store since 1933. That's a lot of generations and a lot of great family memories. Just ask Paul Chris. Goodman's Jewelers is my go-to jewelry store for all occasions. It's where I purchased my engagement ring for Robin, and I've been a loyal customer ever since. In fact, all my family members are Goodman's customers. Put your trust in Goodman's Jewelers like I have. You won't be disappointed. Goodman'sJewelers.com Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, in the heart of downtown Madison. Okay, Rob, obviously there's a ton of interest in this game with Packers-Vikings and following up from last week, but I always got to start with the most important question. Aaron Rodgers yesterday says, no more wave at Lambeau Field on offense. We asked the question today on our Twitter poll, does Rob Reichel think the wave is still cool? Come on, Robbie. Uh, I've never been a big fan. Oh. Of him, so, so not only do I not think it's cool now, I didn't think it was cool in <laughs> 1973 or whatever. That Stop it, Robbie. You so, totally I've participated been, in it. You know what? I won't even stand at Badger games when that <laughs> thing goes around. At that, at that Central Michigan game, game last week, Evo, I wouldn't even get it. Robbie, will you, will you sing Fill Me a Buttercup? I'm not at Evo. Will you sing Sweet Caroline? Oh, yeah, I'll sing. I'll sing How was that. that not played in lame? <laughs> so... I, I I don't know. It's just it, whatever. It's personal preference. <laughs> You're a Neil Diamond people. guy. I get it. I'm a Neil Diamond guy too. <laughs> no, but yes, I, I I hey, I'm not saying either answer is right or wrong. That, that's just how I do it. So, um, you got it, buddy. But I'll say this. I mean, Rogers does have a point when they're on offense and you want things a little quieter. I mean, go nuts, go nuts when the other team has the ball, right? And and try to get loud and rowdy. I I just my personal belief on that, guys, is. I mean, you guys have been to enough games at Lambeau. You can walk around. You, you can see the average age of the crowd is, you know, ARP card and then some. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's not it's not a useful group oh that's going to get up and get loud. It, it's a group that when you get in their way um, or you stand up at, you know, during a play, the guy behind you is going to scream in your ear to sit down. Right. And that, 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 that's not going to change. No matter, no matter how much the quarterback begs or pleads and no matter how many – tricks and gadgets that Lafleur tries to incorporate over into Lambeau field. It's, it's, it's just an older fan base guys that, you know, that 
that that all this other stuff is kind of gimmicky the the flickering lights and what have you i just i i don't know i i get it i i understand what they're doing it's not a very loud place anymore it hasn't been for a while it it doesn't have the same built-in home crowd advantage that maybe it once did and certainly that places like seattle or kansas city have and, and they're trying to change that but it's a I, I think that's going to be a, a tough hill to climb. Robbie, I'll say doing the wave is cooler than Mark Murphy flickering the lights on and off after they score. But let me ask you, if Rodgers, who says he wants to get in the floor, wants to get everyone pumped up you know, when it comes to this stuff, what if the offense actually performed at a you know a higher level and Rodgers isn't 33% accuracy, the worst for starting quarterbacks in week one? What if the offense just, I don't know, did something? Wouldn't that inspire the crowd? Yeah, you you would think playing good winning football is really the cure all to everything. I remember Ron Wolf saying that when, you know, when the Packers had that stretch in the in the in the mid '90s where I think they were 23 and one at home over a three year window, and you know they they had a winning streak at one point to 25 in a row at home. I think before Randy Moss went nuts and on a Monday night and and almost single handedly beat them. But Wolf said. He said, the reason this place didn't get loud in the late 80s and the 90s is because we played garbage football. He said, you know, now we're chasing Super Bowls. We're winning Super Bowls. We got one hell of a football team. Of course it's going to get loud. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Ebo. All the other stuff is, is minor league kind of nonsense to keep, to keep people interested, right? It's, it's like going to a Class A baseball game or the heck to an NBA game, I think, at some point in time where they never turn the noise off. So it, uh, you're, you're a thousand percent right. Go score 34 points, play winning football, and the crowd's going to go nuts. Uh, speaking of scoring, visiting with our Packer Insider, so let, let's pick up then from last week, Robbie. And uh, this has been the great debate on our show, and I'm sure just about everywhere this week. Uh, the 10 points, you got the win, but you know the concern of they only scored 10 points, was it a the Bear defense is legitimately that good. That was the number one defense in the NFL last year, or is it the Packer offense still has a lot of uh, you know warts and they got some stuff that they need to sort out? What, where do you weigh in on that? Yeah, I think it's a combination, Joe. I mean, I think the Bears, when it's all said and done, will be top three in the majority of key defensive categories as long as they, you know, as long as they stay healthy as as a unit this year. Green Bay, though, I, I said this on your show last week, Joe, I didn't think it was going to be pretty from an offensive standpoint. They just didn't have enough time together facing live bullets in the summer. And it's tough to roll out against a defense that good when when you are just not totally in sync. And, and Rodgers even tempered uh, enthusiasm and excitement, if you remember, guys, last week leading into that game. Um, it was the first time he kind of walked back some of his predictions for how good that offense could be. That's- Sometimes you forget how big Wisconsin really is, but we here at the Farm Report, it's tough for us to forget because we are always in our car driving from one corner of the state to the other to bring you the latest on Wisconsin ag. But every once in a while, there's something happening in our backyard in Madison at the state capitol building. That's not that much of a drive, and some days that's nice to have. Our very own Reba McClone was at the capitol building yesterday, and she has the latest on a story that we've been keeping a close eye on for quite some time now. There has been a lot of talk regarding the potential change to the livestock siting rules that DAC Cap has proposed. And Cindy Leitner, who's the president of the Wisconsin Dairy Alliance shared what the general concerns were. Well, as a general basis, there were 11 groups, egg groups, that have joined together, and we oppose the rule revision as it's written today. 
We think there needs to be more input from ag. We think that there need to be changes made in several areas. We have submitted a letter to the Department of Agriculture specifying what those are. They are not much different than the ones that we sent to them in 2016-2017. But we'd like some negotiation. We would like some compromise. We would like something we can work with going forward. And this rule is not it. So can you touch on some of the kind of key points that you guys are having these issues with and wanting to find that negotiation and that compromise with and where you're, what the current issues are and where you're looking to find that compromise at? Well, right now we have a big issue with the setbacks. They used to be a setback of about 350 feet, and that was from a receptor. A receptor would be a building, a house, a school, something like that. They've changed that to be larger setbacks, almost unworkable setbacks, that come from a property line. So imagine if you're next to a village or a town, that might work. But if you're out in a farm field and your nearest receptor is two farm fields away, you can't take advantage of that. You know, you're out nowhere and you can't take advantage of it. They also changed the odor scoring method for a reduction in the setbacks. And what they put in there are things that are just so incredibly expensive that you did them, you'd have a problem. So we can we can go to, and imagine this, we could compost a dairy. I just can't imagine how we compost a 4,000 cow dairy. Um, we could put in a water treatment system, you know, just like a city or municipality, because that's not cheap. We could put an anaerobic digester in, and that might work if you're an incredibly large farm, but it doesn't work for the farms that they're regulating. They've also changed some of the rules to affect farms that are 500 animal units, not at the 1,000 animal unit level, which, again, we're talking about a 350-cow dairy. This is, this is not what we should be doing. The other thing that they've done along with the VTAs and some of the other things, is they've taken operational things that are already regulated by the DNR, they're already regulated by other entities, and they've incorporated them into this rule. This rule is about siting. Where do we place things? Where do we place our manure pit? Where are we going to place our livestock buildings? This is not about how we operate our farms, and it should not be. So we're confusing things. These are the things we need to change. What are we seeing as the potential impact if this were to go through? Are we seeing livestock operations leave the state? Are we just seeing a lack of expansion? We are already seeing livestock operations leave the state. We have many, many farms that are sending their young stock outside of the state. That means other things are following. Our dairies are being courted by other states. They're receiving packets in the mail from other states. Come here. Come, come to a place where you can, be regu- you can get your permit in one day. We can't do that here. Now, the dairy farmers in Wisconsin truly want to stay here. They want this to be the dairy state. They want to work here. Their families are here. They want to grow here. But they can't grow if they don't have a means to do it properly and cost-effectively. Do you also see, then, if farms end up leaving the state, is that causing other businesses to leave the state as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I listened to one cheesemaker speak at a hearing, and he said, we've grown so much in our milk volume, we have so much plant space, we need to have the CAFOs. We also need the small farms. But if you get rid of all the CAFOs in the state of Wisconsin, all of the small farms can't fill the void of getting rid of all the CAFOs. And those small farms want to grow. People want to come back to the farm. 
They want to work with mom and dad. They want to grow. You have to grow to have another family or two kids or three kids come to the farm. So we have to find a way to let that happen. So how can farmers get involved in helping to get their opinions out there? What are the next steps for people who find this to be a troubling issue? There are two times that they can speak in the future. They can speak this Thursday at the DACAP board meeting. And that starts at 9 o'clock at the DACAP building in Madison. And then there is another board meeting, which they'll make the decision on November 7th. And I'm not sure where that's at, but you can certainly go to the DACAP website and find out. They've stopped taking public comment as of last Friday. Um, so those are your only two means at this point to get your word out. And your legislator, of course. Always call your legislator. And Cindy also shared with me that this impacts more than just dairy farmers. The dairy farmers of Wisconsin want dairy to grow in Wisconsin. It's great for the rural community. It's great for other businesses, the cheese plants, the other associated businesses, vets, um, all the other different companies that go with the dairy industry. Those are all important things. The employment. I mean, it's, it's a huge economic factor in our state, and we want to support it being here for the future. We need to be the dairy state. We truly do. Once again, that was Cindy Leitner, the president of the Wisconsin Dairy Alliance. And these rule changes wouldn't just impact dairy, they would impact anyone with livestock. So including beef cattle, swine and sheep. And once again, if you're interested in voicing your opinion regarding these potential changes to the siting rules, you can go to one of the DACAP board meetings either on Thursday, September 19th or Thursday, November 7th. And as always, you can always feel free to reach out to your state legislators. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. The fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke wants to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. Go online now to fabulousfarmbabe.net. Check out those adorable baby bibs and sign up to get yours absolutely free. Thanks to the wonderful folks at Quick Trip. Supplies are extremely limited, so don't delay. Log on now, fabulousfarmbabe.net. Here's a chance to turn your baby into a fabulous farm baby. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise. Who's there even when times are hardest. Whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil. Who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rolling along through the 5 o'clock hour, it's Josh Scramlin for the Midwest Farm Report. Thanks for tuning in, and it's time to take a look at your opening news and markets on a Tuesday. Are prices in the beef market being manipulated by the packing industry? Many on the production side will say yes. The issue truly came to light after a fire heavily damaged a Tyson packing facility in Holcomb, Kansas. Jerome Rosa, president of the Oregon Cattlemen's Association, says something does not add up where consumer prices have increased, Packers are enjoying excellent margins, and producers are struggling to make ends meet. Our ranchers, and particularly our cow-calf guys, are really 
really suffering from low prices, and, and uh, yet they continue to see increases on all their other fixed costs that they have absolutely no control on. And to see this kind of market manipulation that occurred um, is um, something that we need answers on, and we need answers on right away. Rosa says currently 80% of the meatpacking industry is controlled by four companies. And with that in mind, Ag Secretary Sina Purdue has directed the Packers and Stockyards Division to launch an investigation to determine if there is any evidence of price manipulation or collusion. The situation is even more challenging for cattle producers in states such as Oregon, as there is not a USDA-approved packing facility in the entire state. Rosa says the current climate and the lack of plant options has strained the relationship between producers and packers. It boils down to if it was profitable to be having more of these packing plants like we used to have, why isn't there more plants out there that will be able to stabilize these problems? Now let's get to those opening markets that I had promised you. Right now, cash corn sits at 372. That is down two. And new crop corn is at 384 and a quarter. That is down one and three quarters of a cent. Cash beans rest at 899 and a quarter. That's down three quarters of a penny. New crop beans also down three quarters of a penny as they currently sit at 913. Cash wheat is at 484 and a half. That is down four and a quarter. And new crop wheat is down five pennies at 490 and a quarter. Changing gears to butter, dairy sits at 220 and three quarters. That is down one and a half. Cheddar block at 223 and three quarters. That is up three quarters of a cent. Cheddar barrel at 194. That is up two. And those milk prices everybody's talking about right now. October milk is at 1970. That is down four pennies. Here's what everyone's talking about though. November milk at 1873. That is up a whopping 38 cents. You obviously know the fabulous farm babe ham Yankee, but we want to meet all of the fabulous farm babies out there. So, proud moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas, listen up because we will send you a free Farm Report baby bib completely free of charge thanks to our friends at Quick Trip. Then, you snap a pic of your baby wearing that bib, email it to us, and we will post it on our website and social media. I know it gets a little confusing, so just to recap, you sign up on our website, we send you a free baby bib, and you send us back a pic of your fabulous farm baby. Again, thanks to Quick Trip for making that possible, and just a little incentive, when we send you that package in the mail, you get a coupon for a free gallon of milk, and that is redeemable at any Quick Trip location. There might not be a person on this earth that knows commodities more than Bryce Nor. He's a commodity specialist with Farm Futures Magazine and FarmFutures.com. He joins us live via Skype from Chicago every single Tuesday and Thursday. And it's Tuesday, so we'll be calling Bryce in just a couple of moments. It's Josh Scramlin and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll be right back. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 Years of Hindsight for 80 Minutes of Your Time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. 
dancer. That's the answer. Come on, you don't want to be in Wisconsin come January. Why don't you join me? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke, and we're headed for Costa Rica and Panama, January 4th through the 13th. What a great way to start calendar year 2020, and what a great tour to teach us more about the culture, the beauty, and the agriculture in Costa Rica and Panama. We'll fly into San Jose, Costa Rica, for the beginning of our trip, and then investigate agriculture there. That includes coffee production as well as dairy production. Of course, there's a lot of natural beauty we'll enjoy in Costa Rica, including Arenal Volcano National Park and Monteverde Cloud Forest Reserve. Then it's on our way to Panama, where we'll literally go from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, courtesy of the canal. And we'll also get a chance to visit with the indigenous population just outside of Panama City. Find more at HolidayVacations.com, keyword camp, and view the special online video presentation. Or call 800-826-2266. Just move it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 549 on a Tuesday. It's Josh Scramlin filling in for Pam Yonke. And every Tuesday and Thursday, commodity specialist Bryce Knorr of Farm Futures Magazine and FarmFutures.com joins us live via Skype. Bryce, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. So you were in Nebraska last week. How were the crops looking in the middle of the country, and how is that comparing to the rest of the country? Well, really, uh, Nebraska is one of the bright spots in terms of uh, corn production. Uh, Definitely recovered from the bomb cyclone they suffered in March. Uh, The crops look good. They've started to uh, pull back a little here in terms of the ratings, but they still look like they have average or better yields. Parts of Iowa also uh, extremely good conditions. So that's helping to offset the uh, troubles that we're seeing, particularly in some of the northern and eastern areas of the Midwest, uh, perhaps a little bit. Uh, One reason we saw the corn ratings actually improve uh, about a half bushel per acre in yesterday's crop progress reports, although uh, soybeans continue to uh, show some uh, deterioration. I think most of the concerns right now are focusing on that uh, soybean crop. It looks like the, the corn, uh, for the most part, is holding pretty steady. Talking about corn and soybeans, you said in an article yesterday that long-term storage of corn, corn and soybeans from harvest to early summer is the most successful way to add value to crops on average. Could you maybe expand on all that a little bit more? Well, uh, farmers have built a lot of grain storage uh, over the past few decades, and uh, they uh, do that because prices tend to be low at, lower at harvest, and putting it in storage makes money. The uh, thing that you have to be aware of is that for corn, that long-term storage uh, only makes money about one out of every two years. Uh, the soybean track record is better, about 85%. So a lot of risk to storing corn. Uh, so you, you have to look at each year individually and uh, take into account uh, the harvest basis and the market dynamics and then the carry in the futures market. Uh, in this case, uh, for corn between December 19 and I look at uh, July 20 uh, for soybeans, November 19 and July 20 again. And we're seeing some uh, uh, historically fairly large carries. Uh, that's an indication that uh, we still have uh, fairly burdensome supplies of both corn and soybeans. Uh, the market uh, sending a signal to growers uh, that uh, it thinks that corn should go into storage. 
Now, a basis is going to be widely variable, uh, I think, uh, all over the country. We've seen actually very strong corn basis here as the growing season winds down with the late harvest. Uh, we're, uh, we're needing uh, some of that uh, leftover corn uh, that was around from the 2018 marketing year. Uh, so uh, last year, the best way to uh, make money on soybeans in terms of storage was to do a storage hedge. Uh, just uh, sell uh, very large uh, carries at uh, harvest, a very weak basis, and so you hold for basis appreciation. And because we didn't get much of a rally on the futures market in soybeans, that turned out to be the best way to do it. Now, that said, the storage hedge in soybeans almost never makes money because typically we don't have large carries uh, in the soybean market. Uh, because the market wants the soybeans right after harvest. Uh, that's when we uh, make the bulk of our uh, export sales. However, last year, due to the trade war with China, we weren't selling to China. Uh, so the market had to uh, send a signal uh, to keep those soybeans off the market, and it did that with large carries. We still have fairly large carries this year, although they've come back a little uh, since the uh, USDA report on Thursday. All right. Thank you so much. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. we got just under two minutes left. So, Bryce, I want to talk weather with you. There's no frost yet in the forecast. What is that meaning for the crops? Well, it looks like we're going to have a pretty good end of the growing season, uh, well, fairly uh, warm conditions uh, over much of the plains and Midwest above average temperatures. And some of the weather models at least showing uh, above average precipitation as well. Although there is a little bit of, uh, I guess, doubt as to just how, how much we're going to get. Uh, looks like uh, the crop should get adequate moisture. There are definitely some trouble spots, particularly in the eastern Corn Belt, uh, where they started out, of course, with cold, wet conditions and then have turned dry. But overall, it, lo- it does look like the crops are finishing. And the question is now, uh, the forecasts only go out about uh, two weeks uh, with any reliability, and even those can be spotty. So no for- no frost yet, uh, but we're going to have to get into October, uh, well into October perhaps, uh, to get these crops finished. All right, Bryce, thank you so much, and we will talk to you again on Thursday morning, all right? Sounds good. All right, you have a good one. Again, that is Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist from Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. He joins us live via Skype from Chicago, Illinois, every single Tuesday and Thursday, right around 5.50, give or take a couple minutes. It's Josh Gramlin filling in for Pam Yonke. If you have not got your free Farm Baby bib, you can head to fabulousfarmbabe.net right now, sign up, and you can get a free baby bib courtesy of our friends at Quick Trip. So, you sign up, we send you a bib in the mail along with a free gallon of milk from Quick Trip or a coupon redeemable for a free gallon of milk. You take a picture of your baby wearing that bib, email it to us, and we will post it on our website. It's Tuesday, September 17th, and for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin.